You know, he's been our partner when it comes to Dane County agriculture his entire career. I've had an opportunity to work with him on a lot of different projects. And now, unfortunately for many of us, it's kind of coming to the end, but it's good for him. Joe Parisi, Dane County Executive Director, has decided that it's time to move on to another phase of his life. A little bit more relaxed, a little bit uh, less grinding as far as the schedule. We welcome him in studio so that we can talk a little bit not only about what's coming up, but also about some of the accomplishments that he can hang his hat on when it comes to Dane County agriculture. Joe, for people that have never had the opportunity of really getting a chance to visit with you, they may see you at a program or see you at a distance, tell them a little bit about yourself. And I preface this by saying, tell us where you came from, how you grew up, because this is the farm show. They're going to be like, wait a minute, why is he here? Give us your background on how you grew up, and then we'll talk about your philosophy, show. we say, in Dane County Agriculture. Happy to, and thanks for having me on. It's really Good to see you as always, Pam. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Middleton when, and you know, to, to kind of date myself, I was a teenager in the 70s. So we grew up on the edge of town um, back when Middleton was on the edge of town, right? Went to Middleton schools with, with kids from Middleton and kids from Springfield Corners and Martinsville. And, um, you know, so I knew a lot of different people from a lot of different places. So I grew up with a lot of, lot of farm families. And, you know, egg was just part of, growing up. I mean, <laughs> it was part of the community. Um, you know, and as I got older, um, I eventually ended up moving to Madison. Um, but, you know, what, what was nice for me and what's been nice for me, you know, you don't realize this when you're growing up and living your life, um, as far as preparing me for my role as county executive, I was just as comfortable in Martinsville as I was in downtown Madison, just kind of because of the, the the geography of where I grew up. And I think that kind of unconsciously set my philosophy in place that we're all neighbors, right? And everyone has something to offer and everyone needs to be respected and everyone brings something to the table that, that's good for the community if we all listen to one another and work with each other. How many years have you been? To, how many years have you been Dane County Exec? So um, when I retire in May, it will be 13 years as County Exec. It'll be a total of 27 years in elected office. So it's, uh, it's, it's wild when I step back and look at the math. I'm like, holy cow, my kids have never known me not being in elected office, oh. and they're in their 20s now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you mentioned, and Middleton is a perfect example of how things change in Dane County can change really fast. You know, uh, tell me a little bit when you first assumed the responsibilities, either as Dane County Executive Director or in a political arena, mm-hmm. what started happening? You started, like you said, with a neighborhood that was involving farm kids from Ashton, Springfield Corners, mm-hmm. Martinsville, all that. And then things started changing pretty, I'm guessing, fairly rapidly. When did Joe Parisi started mentally saying, wow, my neighborhood isn't my neighborhood anymore? Yeah. You know, I started noticing it when my parents' house on Century Avenue um, you know, it used to be when I was growing up, it was a two lane road, M, that went by and across the street from us was was a field and then farms behind that. And, you know, pretty soon Century Avenue expanded to four lanes. Pretty soon across the street was turned into Middleton Hills. Um, you know, the Beltline used to be the boundary <laughs> to Madison. We were talking, Pam, you and I, about Mineral yeah. Point Road. It used to be you get on the other side of the Mineral Point Road and there's Speedway and there and you're, you're on the country. Um, and, and boom, because as we know, the West Side is what really exploded first population-wise. And that really began, you know, the, the, the pressures, certainly on rural areas and on farming and changing our entire landscape. Um, and I think sometimes then bringing, 
you know, suburban communities in more closely into areas that used to be primarily ag and rural. And sometimes that worked out well and sometimes it didn't, right? Um, and so, you know, we definitely see the, 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 these, these different areas of growth. And when this happens, you know, like folks, a lot of folks who live in the city of Madison are perhaps not, you know, as aware, certainly as I and you and others are, of what a vast rural community we are at the same time, that we're one of the number one egg producers in, in the nation, not just in the state, in the nation. And so, you know, when, when we have a community that's growing, it's the fastest growing community in, in Wisconsin and, and, and probably beyond, um, you know, you're naturally going to have some issues you're going to have to come to terms with. And that kind of changed a lot of the dynamic in the community. You know, I, I agree. Uh, do you remember or recall when you were first starting to uh, act as almost mediator between those parties, Joe? Do you remember some of the first issues that came to you as an elected official or county exec where your background growing up a little bit more rural, definitely suburban, started to filter in how you wanted to prioritize things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I I began to see it way back when I was county executive, or excuse me, when I was first county clerk, and I would attend the county board meetings. And that's when, you know, the, the even the makeup of the county board was different then. You had Lyman Anderson and folks like that on the board. Um, and But you could start to see those rural and urban clashes taking place. And you could even see then, you know, certainly, unfortunately, what we see way too much in politics now the beginning of this kind of dynamic where if you disagreed with someone, you were supposed to dislike them and it became a fight and there was good and bad. And, you know, I looked out there and whether I agreed with someone or not, I actually liked the people on both sides. I'm like, well, why can't we sit down and work together on these things and listen to each other? Because I, I, I could see people on both sides weren't really hearing what the others were saying. And so as I, you know, you know, progressed through my career when I was in the, so then I moved east to the east side of Madison. And I, when I was elected into the state assembly, part of my district was also the town of Dunn. So I had East Madison, and then I had some more rural communities out there. And so I always had to represent, you know, various people, which was a gift. And as county executive, I, that was all really good background for me, because as county executive, I came into a place where because of the development challenges, um, because of some of the lake challenges that we have, there was a lot of finger pointing going on and a lot of clashes. And my approach was, why don't we get together and look at uh, what we have in common? And if people start, I'm a firm believer, if people start from a position of looking at what we have in common rather than what divides us, you know, we, you can develop relationships and you, and you recognize that you actually have a lot more com- in common than you, than you may have realized before, then you can focus there. And if you're able to develop those relationships and see each other as human beings, then when you get to a point where you do have disagreements, which all people do, whether in their family or in their professional life or in politics, then you have a relationship developed and some trust. And you can sit down and try to work out those differences, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in a way that's not just, you know, yelling at each other, yeah, <laughs> for right. lack of a better way to put it. Well, no, and, you, and you're exactly right. And I think one of the first times that you and I were constantly seeing each other a lot was, was the conflict between those newly developed neighborhoods uh, high-value homes, people that wanted their little slice of paradise that happened to be bumped up against an actual production farm that had been their generations. And one of the real big keys was, wow, that stinks. 
wow, that's manure. Uh, farmers approach that as a value component that we absolutely must have. Their, neighbor, their new neighbors now did not. And you stepped into that arena. Tell me how the whole uh, renewable energy, uh, methane digester conversation resonated with you, Joe, and how you started bringing those parties together. Yeah, I look at a situation like we have now, and and you know, be it be it the the, the suburban and the in the in the egg areas growing closer, and and just with the practical concerns of farmers around manure management, and then the concerns of everyone about you know our lake quality. We all love our lakes. City folks love our lakes. Farm families love our lakes. We have that in common. So instead of I always tell my staff, you know, instead of telling me why we can't do something, show me how we can. Right? Let's look for solutions. Um, so. Coming together around manure man- management in, in new and innovative ways and in partnerships with, with farms um, it, it has been something that, you know, I've been really happy with and that, that we've made a lot of progress with. And, and as you mentioned, the manure digesters are, have been a, a, a component of that. And, you know, when I came in as county exec, the first one was just being developed and since then, we developed a second one, and we're looking, you know, we can talk a little later about what we're looking at in the future. But all of this, this work has been done in partnership with our family farms, certainly with the Yahara Pride um, farmers who have been just, just amazingly wonderful to work with and hard workers and smart, innovative Farmers. I mean, and, and and you know how busy farmers are. Everyone listening to this knows how busy farmers are. But those folks, those folks, find the time to work with us and be solution oriented. And what we've come up with was even beyond the digesters. So so we come together. We we work out the kinks of the digesters. And because we're the first to do it, there are always kinks to work out. But everyone's stuck with it. And now we're reaching a point where not only are digesters, you know, a, a, a good way to, to help with manure management, they bring, can bring value added now to the farmers for that manure is becoming a product, right? Um, and so when we come together and look for solutions, and if we listen to everyone involved and get their input and not just come and try to tell someone how it needs to be done, but say, hey, what do you think of this, and how do you think we could accomplish it? Is it is it a good idea? Then everyone benefits. We're 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 helping with manure management. We're bringing value added. We're helping to clean up our lakes, and we're developing friendships and partnerships. You know, the other thing I don't want people to lose sight of, Joe, is it's not like you ever wanted Dane County to be in the methane digester business. Your business model was let's take a look at the best available technology, recognizing that farmers don't have the operating capital to invest there. Dane County will act as seed money, but then you're also very quick to look for other partners that can take that responsibility on and those financial responsibilities on. Yeah, that's thank you for mentioning that because that is a really important piece of this because everyone might not be aware of kind of how these digesters do come together, right? As, as, as we mentioned, it's, you know, first and foremost, it's, it's the farmers and the county coming together. It was the county finding some seed money that we actually were able to get a grant through the state to get it going. But this is actually, um, you know, this is this is a private business, right? We 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 worked with with other businesses and reached out to see who was interested and helped facilitate deals through which we have, you know, a business comes in in partnership with the farmers in the county and they own and they run the digesters. So this is you know kind of free market facilitated by the county, and so what that does is it it brings more investment into the community. It's not like it's a, 
a government program, right? It's 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 capitalism, really. It's it's a business because that's that's how we all put you know bread on the table, right? Right. right. And so yeah, and so those partnerships and and with with the 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 two different digesters we have now, you know, we've learned a lot mm-hmm. over the years putting these deals together, and now we see the national policy is impacting us in a really good way. That's putting more value on those digesters and on methane produced, and, and the more manure, the better, right? Because you can get renewable energy credits and you get more for the more manure, you know, less foods, you know, food scraps and that kind of thing. So really it provides even more value added to manure as a product. Yeah. In case you're just joining us, that's uh, Joe Parisi. He's uh, currently our Dane County Executive Director, getting ready to step away May of 2024. But this is one of the conversations I may- wanted to make sure we got in so people realize just how much Joe has been doing either in front of the microphone or behind the scenes, uh, on looking out on behalf of uh, Dane County Agriculture. You brought up Yahara Pride Farms. That was something that, again, was an innovation nobody else had ever thought of. Uh, actually engaging with farmers, not throwing money at them, but instead collaborating. What do you need? Here's what we're what our end goal is. That's been incredibly uh, successful, and now is not only an example for other watershed projects in the state, but on the national scene. Yeah, I mean, this is a really good example of what I was talking about earlier. That if we come together with common goals and respect each other, and recognize the knowledge that everyone brings to the table and the experience, we can really do great things. Now, one approach to to dealing with um, manure management and, and nutrient runoff would be to come in and say, here are a bunch of regulations. You're going to do this because we tell you to do it no matter what, what, no matter what it does to your operation, et cetera, et cetera. Right? You could do that. Now, you may be, success, quote, successful in doing that. But then there's another election and someone with another philosophy comes in and they undo that. And then people are fighting again. And then you never solve anything, right? You still have, have challenges that are going unmet. So we, we took a different approach, which was, again, let's look at our common goal. And what are your ideas, Jeff Andrus and different, different farm families out there, what are your ideas for innovative practices that we can partner to implement to help keep more nutrients you know, in the ground and to help reduce runoff. Because who doesn't want that, right? Everyone wants that. That's, that's what we have in common. And so we've been able to bring in some grant money for pilot projects and partner with the farmers on everything from, you know, initially it was pretty basic, right? Yeah. Buffer strips yeah. between streams. Then we went into grass rivers, then manure injection. You know, all of these different projects and innovative practices that our farmers were able to test out. Some things worked and some yeah. things didn't. And so we've, and, and what we've done there is we've created something that's permanent because we have partnerships and we have a culture of cooperation now rather than one of saying, you're bad, you're good, you do this, you don't do that. Well, and like I said, and it sets an example. Now the state legislature is providing uh, those grant monies. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the, the carrot instead of the stick. Mm-hmm. And farmers much prefer that kind of cooperation yep. than, like you said, the regulatory side of things. Yep. You know, the other thing about Yahara Pride, and I remember when you were uh, kind of rolling the information out, you never know what you're going to find out on some of these projects. Like you said, sometimes it works, sometimes it's uh, less uh, less optimistic. But one thing that you really got excited about was when you looked a little deeper at the complaints or the concerns about 
Yahar River, you know, the, the water and the LG bloom. And I wish more people would hear you because you were astonished to find out how long that residue had been in that lake. Uh-huh. It had nothing to do with the farmers that were on the farms today or even the generation before. <laughs> that pro- problem occurred long before Joe and Pam ever showed up. Exactly. And this 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 whole process, and I'll, I'll, I'll start closer to the beginning, but I'll kind of give, give, give the end result. Um, ended up in now the the famous as we refer to it suck the muck and this was <laughs> and this was something we learned from our farm families right our farmers urged us to look into this so what this is is you know we 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 began implementing these partnerships and practices and we knew from the modeling with our farmers on the fields we knew from the modeling that we were going to have reduced runoff into the streams so we started monitoring the streams but we weren't seeing a reduction in phosphorus levels, right? So we scratched our heads and talked to the farmers and then went into the streams and dug deeper and found these layers, as you mentioned, sometimes eight feet deep of this muck, this sediment, this nutrient-laden sediment from farms like a century ago, right? It's been it's been running into the streams since before modern conservation practices, since before you mentioned we came on the scene or any of our partners, and who gets blamed for it? right? Our, our farmers today. So what we've been doing for the last, gosh, is it at least a half dozen years now, if not more, um, we've, we've, we, we, we did a bunch of research. We identified the streams that run into the, the, the North Mendota watershed mostly, but some other areas that have the most of this phosphorus-laden muck in them. And we go in every year and do hydraulic dredging and we suck the muck out of there. And so it's very cost effective because you have these concentrations of phosphorus. And we usually use the muck we suck out. Like we had one place where we had a mine that needed to be reclamated. We just piped it there and then seeded it over with prairie because that keeps the phosphorus in the ground when it rains. And so we used it for a prairie restoration and that sort of thing. And this is important, I think, on two levels. I, I think it's important for the progress that it makes in, in, in getting toward cleaner lakes because it gets that phosphorus out of there. It restores these streams and wetlands. They're, they're just beautiful when we're done. And it also tells, as Paul Harvey used to say, for those who are old enough to remember, the rest of the story, right? That this, is, this, this is, has a historic basis. This is generational. This is stuff that was in there 100 years ago that we're all responsible for and that we can clean up so that the work we're doing now with our farmers to reduce runoff is even more effective and more impactful. And they're not getting blamed for it unfairly. Right. right? That And that that's a big part of why they stay engaged with things like the Yahara Pride uh, Farms Progress Report and so forth. Joe, let me ask you, um, when you look at, and we're only skimming the surface of things that I can think of that Joe has done thinking about Dane County Agriculture, you were very concerned about loss of farms, farmland preservation, et cetera, those kinds of things. That's been a part of your career footstep, too. But when you think back to the relationships, the programs, those success stories, all of those kinds of things, I I always hope that when Joe is getting ready to say goodbye, agriculture will be part of the dialogue. What kinds of things resonate in your mind that maybe I'm not thinking of? Well, a couple of things. I mean, in general, I hope that people who aren't familiar with the community and maybe don't know farmers spend some time getting to know them and listen to the wisdom that they have, because I've learned and we've learned so much from the farmers. I think the 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 cooperation of of, of farmers and the how, what how wonderful it's been for me just interacting with folks and and 
and partnering on different things. You know, I think of things like, you know, sometimes we hear about like the county buying land and that yeah. can that can have a pretty, you know, strong reaction on both sides. But one of the, the pieces of land I think about that we bought was um, when we look over um, in Springfield, um, right off of, we used to call it Low Road, Pheasant Branch Road, next to the Pheasant Branch Conservancy, there was a farm there that had, had you know, generational farm that was about 160 acres, I think, um, that was that was being sold. And it was actually being platted to be turned into a residential area. And guess what? That that big residential area would have gone right up against one of our big farming operations in the community. And we know what often happens then, right? It so happened that that area was also a very important piece of the watershed when we're looking at our at our work to 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 reduce nutrient runoff. And whether it's a farm or if it would have been a residential area, every rain there still would have been tons of rain. It would have actually added to the flooding because of all the roads and the roofs yeah. and everything. So we came in and we purchased that, and we've been restoring it over the last few years um, back to Prairie. Right. And so that benefits everyone in the community because it helps with lakes cleanup. It provides habitat for 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 our critters, for our bees and butterflies, et cetera. It's great recreational area. People love to walk and bike there. And it provides a buffer between that large farm operation and the residential areas. And so this was good for the farms. It was good for the environment. It was good for the neighbors. So so we have those areas if we're strategic with those purchases where everyone wins. Well, you, and the hard part, too, is... Okay, it's done. The battle is over, and mm-hmm. now everybody's enjoying the benefits. They don't yeah. realize what could have been there. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. And, and when we bought it, you know, some people are like, oh, you, sh- you shouldn't spend all this money yep. on this. I said, yep. I guarantee you in 50 years, no one will look at this and say, gee, it's too bad it's not a residential development. Nope. Absolutely. So. <laughs> that philosophy yeah. has been a great guide for you, that's yeah. for sure. Now, like I said, we know, and I could go on and on with Joe, but uh, we don't have nearly the time on either of our schedule. So now May is when the baton is passed. And as I told Joe off air, obviously a lot of us have anxiety on who will we be working with next. There are some programs that are going to be carryover, shall we say, and we hope that they're going to find favor. You cited some, Yahara Pride, the continued effort, uh, manure digester projects, not just where they are today, but where they may be going in the future. Another one that recently got a little bit of attention and also speaks to our changing agriculture in Dane County, was uh, the Dane County Board, per se, without any coaching from Joe, decided they wanted to earmark some money to take a look at our partners when it comes to our employees on our farms, specifically dairy farms. We recognize that a lot of those folks are not from around here. Uh, They may come from outside the United States. Uh, What do you know about the goal of that money, Joe, and what do you hope it helps accomplish going forward, even though your hands will be off it? Yeah, this is a county board initiative, so I don't want to speak for them, but I can tell you in general, it's an effort and why I think it's um, it, it's a positive sign. It, it's kind of sort of what we were just talking about. It's an effort to partner with our local farmers and their workers to help establish housing for folks because we certainly know that there is a housing crunch throughout Dane County, whether it's on the farm, whether it's on the east side of Madison, west side of Madison. Um, and so, you know, when, when we have when we have workers coming through who need a place to stay and need a place to stay close to the farm, 
Um, you, you know, they want to see if we can start looking at some, you know, being part of that solution as well. Because as we know, again, I'm not telling anyone listening to this anything new, but, you know, kids aren't staying on the farm as, as much as they used to. And so we now, we have a lot of folks from the immigrant community working on our dairy farms, and those are our new partners. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, in case you haven't noticed, this is very easy for Joe and I to have this kind of conversation. Uh, what are your concerns, anxiety? Are you going to leave a folder full of notes for the next county exec, uh, giving them guidance or little, uh, you know, cliff notes? What are you hoping, at least again about agriculture and some of the tenants you've already established here, Joe, what are you hoping that they keep in mind when they assume the new responsibilities. It's going to come with a whole different set of challenges. We recognize mm-hmm. that. But what kind of sage wisdom are you going to leave behind for them? You know, first and foremost, I think it's important to develop relationships. If you if you know some people already, try to grow those relationships. If you don't, reach out and introduce yourself to people. Go out, go out to some farms and meet people. And, you know, and if, and if it's someone who doesn't know a lot about farming, that's okay. Just say, you know what, I don't have a lot of background in this. What, what do you want me to know? And, you know, and maybe, who knows, Pam, maybe you could even give someone a little tour around, you know, the county and or tell, you know, help them with some folks to talk to. But I think first and foremost, it's important to develop genuine relationships and to see the humanity in one another. I mean, I've learned so much, not just from the farm community, but from every community in Dane County. I think the, the, the most important piece of my work that's helped me the most has just been spending time with people and getting to know them. You know, and, 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 and once you start with that as a basis, it, everything flows from there. You know, for all the years I've worked with you, buddy, I don't think, I mean, I, I obviously know the girls and because Joe and I have, if we would have notched a belt or put a hash mark someplace for every dairy breakfast or event like that, Joe, good Lord. But what, what does the future hold for Joe? I'm not talking necessarily, like you said, consulting or anything like that, but what do you like to do? When you're not doing this, I I have no clue. Yeah, you know it, it's funny. I my initial response to that is, gosh, I don't know because I always do this. But <laughs> but I'd love to get outside. I want one of the things I want to do is spend some time in a lot of the areas we've developed. You know, a lot of the parks that we've created and the hiking trails yeah. and that sort of thing. I love to garden, not vegetable garden, but one of my like kind of therapy at home is I garden with plants and flowers and trees, and I like to attract birds and that kind of thing. And, you know, really just initially, I don't know what I'll do longer term, but initially I'm just going to step back, spend time with my wife, spend time with my kids, and just kind of breathe and not be a public figure anymore. It'd be kind of nice just to be Joe again. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how see. long that We'll that, see that how stays. long the <laughs> servant's heart can stay in that mode. Joe Parisi in studio with us again, like he said, 13 years plus serving as Dane County County Executive Director, but also just mostly a public servant uh, for Dane County, for the state of Wisconsin. And like I said, a very good ambassador for Wisconsin agriculture, specifically projects right here in Dane County. We wish him nothing but the best of luck. I do hope that we'll see him back in the uh, circles of agriculture conversations uh, well into 2024 and beyond. But for now, in case you had never thought about all of his uh, contributions and partnerships benefiting Wisconsin agriculture, specifically Dane County agriculture, now you know. Again, in studio with Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi, I'm Pam Yonke.